Hello, everyone. It's uh, getting a little nippy, so I thought it'd be the perfect time to kick off a Christmas theme episode of on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in one of my little elves, please subscribe, like, and share the Swunky Swiftman Sports YouTube page, where uh, you know week fifteen might not have been great for best ball or fantasy, but uh, we're still kicking. Also, check out the Big D Podcast for all your audio listeners, Spotify and Apple. So, um, back and ready to uh, ready as always. Uh, leader for Tyreek Hill MVP, Mike McDaniel Coach of the Year, and two Otaki Olova Comeback Player of the Year, which and Jalen Phillips and uh, Who's who's the uh, center? Who's the uh, center of the Dolphins? Connor Williams could uh, magically get that Aaron Rodgers medicine, Alex. Thank you, sir. Don't forget uh, Devon Achan, uh, rookie offensive rookie of the year. Definitely got to throw uh, throw some love there. Uh, but yes, thank you for the lovely uh, introduction, Dylan. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, the whole shebang to uh, all of our listeners. It's uh. You know, it's that time of year. Obviously, it's uh, the holiday season. Everyone's full of cheer and joy and uh, December football, which, uh, you know, it doesn't get much better than that. I guess uh, January, February football is really what you're looking for at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, December football is how you get there. And, uh, you know, we talk about it every year. It's where the, it's the money. It's the money making season. You got to make your moves. You got to make that playoff push or, you know, lock up that high as, as high as as high of a seat as possible. So. We talking uh we talking Christmas we talking football and I'm looking forward to it. Well, if anybody saw Monday Night Football last night, would have seen uh, Jalen Hurts gutting out with I don't know what it would have been the flu virus or something and uh, Drew Lock maybe putting together the greatest highlight reel of his career that throw the DK Metcalf the throw to JSN for a touchdown and Jalen Hurts throwing another interception where the Seahawks won 20 to 17. For <laughs> freaking things always happen in Seattle, right? I mean, PK PK was 8 0 against the Eagles. Yeah, it's um, you know, they, they they say it's one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. And uh, you know, the 12th man effect is real up there in Seattle. That that stadium is designed to be loud and uh you know, I don't think, you know, I've never been there myself, but uh, I don't think you can really fully comprehend what that's like until you've actually been there. You know, it's the same as, uh, and even more so than Arrowhead. I mean, that stadium is built to be loud. It's like a wind tunnel up there in Seattle. So, uh, you know, it's a whole different environment going up to the uh, to the Pacific Northwest. And uh, I think the Philadelphia Eagles might have uh, needed to prepare a little bit more for that 12th man than they expected. Yeah, I remember a game. I don't remember I don't exactly in 05, I think it was, where the Giants were called for like 11 or 12 illegal procedure penalties. And Mike Holmgren gave the game ball to the 12th man. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, Seattle's always been known, you know, whether whether uh, the, the Seahawks are known for the Legion of Boom or the 12th man. I mean, they've had some great nicknames over the years, but uh, I definitely think, uh, you know, everyone uh, showed up for Seattle yesterday, especially Drew Locke. It's, it, you know, it was great. Yeah, it was one of the most genuine uh, post-game interviews that I think I've seen in a long time. Is was seeing his interview after the game yesterday, and uh, it's hard not to root for the kid. You can tell how much he wants it and how bad, uh, you know, it, it meant to him to be able to, to lead his team to victory last night. And uh, you'd see the emotion on his face; it was great to see. 
think it's the over. I think the CL fans on over caffeinated. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't blame them. I mean, it is. I mean, Seattle is the home of Starbucks, right? So uh, I think uh, I think you might have a, a good point there. So obviously, Drew Locke got the win last night, but what's up with the Eagles? They've lost three straight. Now Philly's played a brutal stretch. Right, Dallas, Atkin City, Buffalo, Buffalo, San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle. Yeah, but, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, uh, it, it is a brutal schedule. I, I definitely think, um, you know, Eagles fans will be uh, looking very much so ahead to, uh, to, back, uh, to two out of three games against uh, the Giants, who obviously have not had the, the year that they were hoping to have, um, and then you know, smack dab in the middle of that is the three and eleven Arizona Cardinals. So uh, you know, it's definitely going to be, a, I think, a bit relieving for Eagles fans uh, over the next three games to uh, to not be playing some of the some of the top juggernauts in the league. But it's definitely been concerning. I mean, we've seen, uh, you know, first off, back to back games for Jalen Hurts without throwing a touchdown pass, which you know, obviously, your starting quarterback should be throwing touchdown passes. It's kind of a step one in the in the in the getting a win on Sunday process or Monday in this case, um, but um, you know it's 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 football that they just seem undisciplined. I don't know yesterday in particular. You know I don't know if um if it had to do specifically with the twelfth man or or what, but you know offensive line penalties. We've been seeing penalties. I know Jason Kelsey had a couple in that Cowboys game that you had mentioned um, that really kind of gave him the dagger at the end of that game and. You know, it just seems like what happened to Nick Sirianni, what happened to Jalen Hurts, obviously he's got the rushing ability, but, you know, back-to-back games with no passing touchdowns and, and some some crucial penalties that really kill them. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a bit of a concern heading into heading into playoff season. I'm not at all, I'm not at all concerned with the Eagles. I mean, yes, not having uh, not having Philly's old offensive coordinator who's doing great things with going to Minshew in Indianapolis. Last night was the first time I'd seen Philly outplay an opponent and lose. I've seen Philly be outplayed and win, and last night was the other way around. I I, I think Jalen Hurts is game for playing last night, but Philly's got it. But last year the Eagles would get ahead and stayed ahead, and this year it's not the case. Now, I think I think the Eagles. Can't run the ball for the same same like they could last year. I think DeAndre Swift looks like he's wearing down a little bit. But where are the big players right now? Because this offense is too reliant on De- on Devontae Smith and AJ Brown. Brown Dallas got him too. Secondly, Jim Hurts making more mistakes than he did last year, where seemingly he would play so efficient for him. I mean, he's making mistakes. And defensively, the Eagles aren't the same team. Yeah, I mean, there's it's, I I picked the Eagles as my Super Bowl as my Super Bowl representative at at the NFC for the sole reason that, in my opinion, they look like the most complete football team in the NFL. That's obviously not the case anymore. Um, the defenses look suspect. Um, you know, they have had significant inconsistencies, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Like you said, uh, the run game has been struggling with Kenneth Gainwell lately, and uh, they do seem pretty reliant. Obviously, you've got three great weapons to throw to between Godert, um, AJ Brown, and Devonta Smith. But, um, you know, you still have to have some, you can't be one, you can't be one dimensional. 
I've seen it so many times with the Dolphins where, you know, especially last season, you know, the Dolphins would give up on their run game and it would shoot them in the foot. You can't do that in the NFL. You have to be a complete football team on both all three sides of the ball. But I am concerned. You said you're not you're not as concerned about about the Eagles. I mean, you obviously, you know, they'll probably win out, um, you know, beat the Giants twice and beat the Cardinals and finish at 13 and four. But the thing about the Eagles is, you know, you've just you've just dropped four games in a or three games in a row. I'm sorry. Um, but at the end of the day, yes, I get those were great football teams. But in the playoffs, you're going to be playing the top tier, uh, top tier football teams. You're not going to have the luxury of playing the Eagles. I, I'm sorry, playing the Giants twice in the playoffs and playing the Cardinals in the playoffs. I mean, yes, they're probably going to win these games and, and, and seemingly get on the right track going into the playoffs. It's going to be great to have some momentum as long as they take care of business over the next three weeks. But still, once you get back into the playoffs, you're going to be playing against one of the top tier teams in the NFC. I mean, you, you put them up against, you know, again, the, the Cowboys again, the Detroit Lions, you know, some of these top tier teams, the San Francisco 49ers, God forbid if you're an Eagles fan. I don't see how the Eagles really can compete with, at least from what they're showing me now. There's a there's a lot of concerns that I have for that football team. I think the you I think the Eagles match up with every team in the league, maybe outside of San Francisco. You think Jared Dolphs win an outdoor game in Philadelphia? No. You think Matthew Stafford's win an outdoor game in Philadelphia? No. You think um, Nick Mullins is win an outdoor game in Philly? No. You think Baker? No. You think uh, uh, Derek Call is winning a game? You think Geno Smith or Drew Locke will win a game there? Heck, could you even say you think Dak and the Cowboys can win there? Probably not. I don't think the Eagles should fear anybody. Not with that quarterback, not with that weapons. Now, maybe if Philly's defense played like it did last night, the Eagles are a different team. But, I mean, we saw Matt Patricia become the de facto defense corner. We'll see how that changes. But Eagle fans expect and demand winning. They do, and you're right. But at the end of the day, you know, this season, when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles, has been defined by the tush push. It has been, you know, obviously they've been more than that. But at the end of the day. You were definitely the butt of everybody's joke, Alex. Hey, very well said. Very well said, Dylan. But. You know, it, you, you can't QB sneak your way to a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. It's Yes, it's a great play. Yes, it'll, it's a lifesaver on third and fourth downs. But, you know, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to those third and tens, third and fifteens, you get, you know, a couple, a couple false starts or, or offensive holding penalties that we've seen from the Eagles offensive line lately, who is obviously been, been regarded well, well respected, but, uh, you know, regarded as the best offensive line in football. I've seen that that offensive line have crucial penalties at crucial times, and that puts you in a hole. I get that you've got the talent. I get that you have the weapons, and I get that Philadelphia, especially you know, considering who their last three games of the season are, you're probably going to have some home playoff games. But at the end of the day, you still you still have to take care of business. I don't care if you're home. I don't care if you're away. Obviously, you know, um, you know, they had some struggles playing against Seattle. I don't care if it's in Seattle or not. The Philadelphia Eagles should have beaten the Seattle Seahawks with their backup quarterback yesterday. The fact that they didn't, it's a concern. The fact that they've lost three in a row, it's a concern. And the fact that, you know, they're going to be playing against the San Francisco 49ers, more likely than not, is a concern to me. But let's move on. I want to stick on the East Coast. Uh, let's move a little bit more south, a little, little less chilly this time of year. Uh, I want to talk about a team that one of us 
knows and loves as frustrating as it may be on occasion. The Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, obviously, not not the greatest day uh, for Jacksonville Jaguars fans this weekend, um, as I'm sure you can attest, putting up seven points against the Baltimore Ravens. I'm curious, uh, Dylan, as uh, the meow uh, mega fan you are, uh, what do you see out of Trevor Lawrence? What are, what are the concerns there, if there are any, and what do you expect uh, for the Jaguars to wrap up this regular season? Can we get a couple healthy linemen or wide receivers? Do you have any linemen or wide receivers in South Beach? Don't look at Miami. We're losing ours just the same. I mean, be honest, I'm I'm not seeing the same Trevor Lawrence we saw last year. But to be honest with you, he he trusts Travis Etienne, maybe Andrew and no one else. The Jacksonville offensive line has been putrid. Trey, seemingly Trevor's. Having to do everything. Jackals don't run the f- football. I mean, can't run the football. Don't run the football. It's basically when Travis Etienne plays well, and you think of week five against the Bills. Who won that game? It was Trevor Williams made big throws, but Travis Etienne running the ball really won the game for the Jacks. Well, where has Travis Etienne been the last few weeks? Uh, let's see. Uh, no way. I understand that, that you were in a hole and you were playing catch-up to the Ravens, which is a tough team to play catch-up to. But four ca- – I'm sorry, that's Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. Travis Etienne, either way, 10 carries for 31 yards. It's it's not enough. It's it's not what you need out of one of the most talented players on your team. And secondly, the offensive line in Jackson was a big problem for the season. And it's not getting better. In fact, you could say it's getting worse. I mean, there have been injuries, guys coming in and out of the lineup. Cam Robinson's hurt now. Uh, Little Smith's time. I mean, this offense line's not playing. It's not Dallas's offensive line. It's not Philly's offensive line. The Jaguars couldn't protect a nosebleed. We may, I mean, the Ravens just basically hit the crap out of Trouble on the night. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's tough because especially you know in the AFC this year, there's there's a lot of competition, and I mean that where uh, you know where Jacksonville's sitting at that eight and six spot. I mean, it is uh, You're making the Indianapolis Colts and Houston Texans look like wolf beaters. Yeah, it's you know. It, it's coming down to the point. I mean, we talk about it every year, and, and you know, we've talked about it time, time and time again already on this podcast. You know, it's December football at this point. You're looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Buffalo Bills, all sitting at eight and six, all vying for one of two playoff spots. And it, it's going to come down, you know, to, to to really capitalizing on your opportunity. I mean, I know Jacksonville doesn't have. You know, the, the most daunting upcoming schedule, you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who just beat, you know, the uh, the Packers. And, and I see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers favored as, as a, as a one-point uh, favorite in that football game. You see the, the Carolina Panthers, obviously you should be able to take care of business there. The Tennessee Titans, it's a division game. You never know what's going to happen. The Jaguars have to step up to the plate. They have to really... You know, trust in that trust in their and trust in their players. Obviously, Travis Etienne is is a playmaker. He's shown it this season. 
uh, Tre- uh, and, and Trevor Lawrence. You know, you've got to be able to step up and, and, and you know, make the plays when it counts because he's even going to play because he's in concussion protocol. Right. It's, you know, it's it's a tough spot because there's there's only, you know, I mean, even with the additional wild card this, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, you know, it's a little bit easier getting in the playoffs, but the AFC's just get the AFC's just getting better and better. So you know, you add a playoff spot, but you add more good teams, and it's 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 just a tough spot. And I'll tell you what, I'm uh, I'm very happy and very thankful my Miami Dolphins are sitting on top of the AFC's as we speak. You know, maybe the good thing for the Jaguars is they play away from Duval County this weekend because Jacksonville's not a great home team. Like yeah. the Dallas Cowboys could beat anybody, could beat the 72 Dolphins at home. The Jackals would lose to the 2008 Detroit Lions at home. Yeah, or those seven Dolphins. Jeez. Hey, at least, hey, at least you got Bill Paul Sellers in the next year. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, thank, thanks to, uh, Tom Brady <laughs> missing, missing the entire season, but yeah, it's all right. But, you know, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, the nice thing for the Jaguars is, you know, they take care of business against Tennessee. That's another, another division win. Um, you're tied. You're in a three-way tie for the division. You don't have to get the wild card just because of, of the fact of, you know, the, you know, you've got three teams tied for, tied for the division lead. If you, can, if you can win out, and obviously, you know, you win out, things look good, but you get some help, you know, you still might be able to win the division and get to the playoffs either way, but. You know, thankfully, you don't have anyone else running away with the division this year. But I definitely think it's a little bit closer than Jaguars fans expected this race to be uh, at this time of the year. By the way, who would think that the Colts-Texans game would be meaningful week 18? Not nobody at the beginning of the season would have said that. I mean, that can, but you know what that means that the Colts and Texans are playing week 18? Somebody's not winning that week. It's true. That's a good thing for Jaguars fans. Now, maybe it's a time we almost saw one in Nashville this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that AFC South, man, it's it's coming down to it. It's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that finishes up. Well, uh, you know, both of us play fantasy football. How many leagues are you in? Um, five or six. I think I was in. I mean, I think I was in three and joined another one later. So four for me. And uh, you know me, Alex. One thing I like to do, especially during the summertime, because that's usually like the uh, dormant season of football, is watch baseball. No, no, it's it's another BB basketball. No, no. No, it starts with B E S T. Best ball. And and you want to know how many million maker drafts I did? Oh, I know it was a lot, Dylan. I'll give you a hint. It was three digits. <laughs> it was a hundred and fifty-two. Hundred and fifty. Hundred fifty. And forty of my teams advance to yeah. week fifteen, first round the playoffs. Yeah. Well, guess how many of them? Guess how many of my teams made it? Uh, I know the answer, and it is one. Yeah, one of my teams made it. In fact, I am going to show you my team if I can find it. 
This is the team that made it. There we go. I put up 190.82 points. Jeez. Matthew Stafford, Kieran Williams, Tyson Chandler, Jalen Waddle, Jaden Reed. Nice Jaden Reed pick. Uh, that came in clutch. Deontay Johnson, Sam Laporte, the number one spoken about player for uh, Dylan pre-draft this year. We got uh, Rashad White as your starters for the week. I love that. Trevor Lawrence, JSN, Zay Jones, Darius Slate, and Antonio Gibson. Only that was Brian Robinson. I know they were all falling right around the same spot in fantasy this year. Uh, Mingo Spears, Gainwell, and Mr. Tyreek Hill down there. Mark Andrews, Christian Kirk, and Damian Harris. Damian Harris, there you are. Uh, you know what's? You know what? <laughs> of all the teams to make it, I would not think it would have been this one. You know why? Tyreek Hill didn't play this week. And you know who else didn't play? Mark Andrews. And. Christian Kirk. Yeah, yep, yep. I mean, I did not think this team would make it. Yeah. Oh, it's honestly, it's impressive the fact that that you had made it through this week. You know, especially with Tyreek Hill, and you know that's only gonna that's only gonna speak for uh, or, or give you an even better shot next week when he returns because uh, I definitely think that he's going to uh, to come back with a vengeance, and uh, we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see the Tyreek show once again this weekend. I mean, you think this team has got a chance of advancing next week? Um, this week, you never know. It's it, it's tough because you know, obviously, especially in best ball, you know, it's kind of a. And at this point, you know, you're, you're we've moved into uh, to the time where you know you're playing the winners from from multiple divisions. You're probably you're, you know there's a very good chance you're playing against a lot of Sam Laportas. You're playing against a lot of Tyree Kills. You're playing against you know a lot of those those names who have been you know catering fantasy football managers throughout the season. Um, so it just really comes down to uh, some of the uh, you know the the excerpts, the guys who you know you have that other people don't. Um, and, uh, the, uh, you know, just it, it's luck. That's what fantasy, I mean, at the end of the day, fantasy football is luck and, uh, it, you know, you gotta just do your best to, uh, hope and pray that, 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 that they do their best. Well, you know, one of us did 150 traps and it's lucky to have one team. How many traps did you do? So, uh, I did two drafts. <laughs> And how many? And and amazingly, one of them is still alive. I don't know how. One of them is still alive. I know. I uh, I did 148 less drafts than you did, did Dylan. And uh, somehow, some way, we are going into the next round with the same amount of teams still alive. And I was one point away from my other team. Uh, also making it through, which uh, that would have been ridiculous. If I went two for two, um, you know, moving into this round, I definitely would have had to buy another lottery ticket. But, um, you know, I'm trying to – I'm seeing if I can pull up my team here. It's going to be tough. Um, I'm just going to read it off to you because it's going to be too hard. to. I got to log in and everything like that. But uh, my one team that is moving on, man, got some good names on here. Like the guys that you're hoping to have in best ball or, or who is on this team. We've got 
Jared Goff as my quarterback for the week. Zamir White for the Las Vegas Raiders out of nowhere carrying my team this week. Gus Edwards, who was so terrible for the beginning of the year and all of a sudden is picking things up, obviously, uh, with the injury there in Baltimore. Jalen Waddle without Tyreek this week. Gus Edwards being Jamal Williams 2.0 from last year with the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Waddle stepping in huge in replace for for Tyreek Hill this week. Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, has been having a great year. Debo Samuel has been having a great year. Sam Laporta, the most underrated player, I think, in fantasy football this year. Thank you, Dylan, for that pick. Uh, Even JSN snuck into my flex this week uh, to take me to the next round. And then the bench is just disgusting. You've got Brock Purdy who didn't even make my starting quarterback, thanks to Jared Goff. You also have Michael Mayer, who had 14 points at the tight end position, who would probably be a starter for a lot of teams uh, that don't have Sam Laporta. Tua Tungavailoa obviously didn't have the greatest fantasy week, but uh, he's definitely had some this year. Puka Nakua didn't make the starting team, but obviously, you know, he did on previous weeks. David Montgomery didn't make the team this week, but, you know, he did previously. Dallas Godert, uh, Jerome Ford has had a couple big weeks this year. Wandale Robinson had a huge week last week. Jamal Williams, the Jamal Williams, uh, not to be confused with, uh, not to be confused with Gus Edwards. Uh, Najee Harris was a bum pick. <laughs> we can skip right over that. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell and Michael Gallup to round it out. That's a pretty team. That that team could win me a million dollars. That's be honest with you. I like your team better than mine. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. You know, I wish I had Tyreek. I like your Tyreek, but you know, Waddle definitely stepped up for me. But I mean, having Waddle, having Amon Ra, having Debo, having Laporta, uh, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, or Tua. One of those guys is going to have a good week next week. I'm sure. Or two. Or two. Yeah, honestly, uh, Puka. David Montgomery, I mean, there's there's definitely options, and uh, I think a lot of those names could you – know, honestly, this week's matchup wasn't even close. I think I beat the second-place team by uh, almost 20 points, 19 points, uh, which in best ball is just – I feel like that's just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I definitely got a good team. I'm, I'm excited for uh, for next week. I hope I, I hope to take – I hope I take the top spot next week and move on into the, uh, the millionaire matchup. Yeah. If either one of us eliminated this week, we either get 50 or 60. But if we advance, still in the running for the million bucks, which would be which would be an awesome New Year's Eve present. Yeah, absolutely. You're not kidding. I don't know what I'd do with that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't even know where I'd begin to, to start. I, I, I need to hire an agent then. <laughs> Oh boy, but uh, you know we love fantasy football. I've uh, also Dylan and I are in a uh, in a more traditional redraft uh, league this year. He uh, he had the elusive tie this season, which uh, I definitely think dampered his playoff his playoff chances a little bit. There, I snuck into the final playoff spot. Uh, thankfully, based on points, we had a four-way tie for that fourth playoff spot in our fantasy league this year four teams at eight and seven it looks like the AFC South in our fantasy league but um you know fortunately I had uh second highest points in the league highest points in the league didn't even make the playoffs and finished in eighth place out of 12 which is even more ridiculous to me but 
no, definitely, definitely a fun uh, redraft season. Definitely a fun best ball season. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, we've had our head to head matchups in DraftKings as well, which I, you know, I don't think we've calculated uh, throughout the season. I know I pulled it out this week. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's always fun. Uh, it makes, makes watching football even much, even more fun than, than you think it possibly could get. But uh, somehow with fantasy, you know, we make it even more fun. Bonnet, how did you sneak by me? I don't know. I I made a last minute change too. We always uh, we always tell each other our lineups a day or two before uh, before kickoff, and I, I I stuck up some changes. I threw Jalen Waddle in there, which uh, I definitely think helped my case a little bit, and uh, yeah, it worked out. I made my lineup like forty minutes before kickoff. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's uh you know I'm actually I think only one of my we had our guillotine league, which I got eliminated week one, which is pretty brutal. But other than that, I missed one. I missed the playoffs in one of my leagues, and I think the other three or four I've uh, I've made them in the semifinals. I think this week in, in three different leagues. So it's uh, you know, we know at least a little bit about what we're talking about. At least uh, at least it's paying off. All right. But um, I think it's time to transition, Dylan. I noticed, uh, you know, something behind your head there and something on your shirt. It must be Christmas time. Is that the case? Yeah. Yes, Santa. <laughs> well, to keep it on theme, Dylan, I have a question for you. A couple questions, actually. To kick us off, uh, in the Christmas spirit, I want to know, Dylan Santa Claus Schmittler, if you had to give the biggest present in all the land to one player in the NFL, who is getting the biggest present under their Christmas tree this year? Christian McCaffrey. I love it. Yeah, you know, he's definitely well-deserved. He's had arguably an MVP, uh, you know, conversation. He's at least in the conversation. It's It's been electric seeing what he's uh, been able to do this year. I mean – Christian McCaffrey's putting together one of the greatest running back seasons I can remember. I mean, I mean, touchdown. I mean, the touchdown he's second touchdown he scored on Sunday. CMC falls to the grass, gets up, and then runs to the end zone. I'm like, and there wasn't an Arizona cone within 15 yards of him. No, it's insane. The numbers he's putting up, the multi touchdown games he's had, it's just. I mean, I don't know if you uh, checked into Peyton and Eli uh, yesterday for their Monday Night Football coverage. I think he was the first guest of the night. And, you know, he's he's just such a down-to-earth guy, obviously. You know, he's I'm sure he's getting, you know, compensated for being on the show. But just seeing him talk with Peyton and Eli and, and kind of breaking down. Uh, even back when, uh, when he was the emergency quarterback in the playoffs last season and, uh, you know, talking through some of the plays that he had there, it's, uh, it was a great watch. It's been, it's been so much fun watching him throughout the season. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a blast. And I, I definitely think he deserves one of the biggest boxes under the tree for sure. And plus, one of us is going to have Christian McCaffrey in our Yahoo League this weekend. Yeah, that is that is me. Uh, he is definitely a, a very large reason as to why I uh, am I'm still alive in fantasy. He's a very large reason as to why I finished second in points and, and got the points for tiebreaker. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm very thankful in this holiday spirit for Christian McCaffrey and his contributions to my fantasy. I can't. And by the way, you know who the one-on-one was in that league? 
Patrick Mahomes. Was Patrick Mahomes the one on one? You're right. And I'm like, I could not. I remember the live stream, and I'm like, I couldn't believe that. Yeah. And like, what a year that to draft Patrick Mahomes as the one on one. There's some years where it's almost worth it. It, I mean, it's not, but there's some years where you could almost have a, have an argument looking back, saying like, "All right, that was a good pick." This year, not so much. I drafted Ceedee Lamb, Saquon Barkley, the the at the one twelve to one turn. I think I had McCaffrey at what the one of three, I think, or maybe yeah. one of five. Okay. I got him. I got him much later than I should have. I know that. Actually, I can look back. Uh, in the 104, I drafted Christian McCaffrey, and then I, on the second round turn, hit Jalen Waddle and T. Higgins, and boy, do I regret that T. Higgins pick. Although, although you're going to be starting him on Saturday. I definitely will be. You're right about that. But, man, I would have been happy to have uh, DJ Moore, who you got the top of round four, even Tyler Lockett, Keenan Allen. Chris Olave, we're all we're all available at that pick. Um, DK Metcalf, I mean Debo Samuel. It's uh, there was plenty of options there, but that's all right. But um, I want to follow up my uh, my biggest present under the tree question, Dylan. I'm curious who in the NFL space. It could be a player, it could be a coach, it could be a GM, it could be anyone. But who will open their stocking on Christmas and find a big lump of football this year, Dylan? Uh, probably Ron Rivera because his days in Washington are numbered. Mm. That's fair. I like that. Mm. I, definitely, I definitely think Brandon Staley has had uh, uh, maybe a couple stockings full of coal. It's probably the first name that pops in my head there. Yeah, how the Chargers keep wasting great quarterback years is beyond me. But the Chargers, yeah, stupidly, one of us picked the Chargers to win the AFC. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals wasn't the greatest pick on my end as well. So we definitely both struggled there. Yeah, we put, yeah, we put the kiss of death on all AFC predictions, right? Hey, that's fine with me. I'm glad I didn't pick the Dolphins because, uh, you know, they've obviously – you know, benefited as best as possible for, uh, you know, those two teams not being too competitive. Obviously, we'd be the Chargers week one in a very good football game. But, uh, you know, we didn't have the the privilege to go up against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. But, uh, you know, it's just one less team we had to worry about this year, which is nice. Speaking of your Dolphins, what do you think about Miami's chance against the Cowboys on Christmas Eve? It's going to be a great football game. Um, you know, I one thing I noticed uh, against their uh, – in you know, their most recent week, obviously, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, they uh, got shellacked by the Buffalo Bills this most recent weekend. And, you know, it seems like I know we played the Eagles after a bad loss and uh, they did, after their first loss of the season to the Jets. And uh, they definitely took it out on us. I'm a little worried that the Cowboys might try and take it out on us as well this weekend. But, um, you know, I, one thing I noticed, obviously, um, you know, Buffalo's run game went off. <laughs> This, this past weekend, uh, Josh Allen did not have to do much of anything at all this week. Uh, it was the James Cook show, and uh, fortunately, the Miami Dolphins have two very capable running backs who would love to be able to put 179 yards or more uh, on that Dallas Cowboys defense. So, you know, I definitely think there's some holes that the Cowboys have that the Dolphins can exploit. 
Uh, obviously, it's going to be very big to have Tyree Kill back, which uh, you know I definitely think uh, he should be good to go. He almost they said he could have he probably could have played last week, but uh, you know they thought it was best to they gave him the choice and he decided to sit out. Uh, but you know it's definitely going to be a good game. Obviously, Michael Parsons is a player you got to watch out for. Dak has been you know an MVP candidate for for most of the year. CD Lamb has been having a fantastic year as well. So you know we've got a lot of respect for the Cowboys this season. Uh, they put together a great season, but uh, you know I am confident. I think the Dolphins can definitely pull it off, and uh, you know it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great Christmas Eve. I'm glad it's in Miami. I'm glad we don't have to go to Jerry World for that one. And um, you know it's going to be a good. It, it should be a really, really good competition. I uh, pretty much odds are pretty much smack down in the middle. ESPN's got it 49.8, 49.8. So uh, can't get much more even than that. But uh, I do predict a Miami Dolphins uh, victory on Sunday. Dallas will not only beat your Dolphins, but Dallas will win the game by three touchdowns. And three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Dallas is going to put going to win this game. And, and beyond, I think the Cowboys put up forty. It de- it depends on how on who plays for Miami. We we have so many significant injuries. I mean, we beat the we beat the best defense in the league. We we shut out the Jets last week without our two starting safeties. One of our two cornerbacks um, are, are the best receiver in the National Football League. Two of our offensive linemen. I mean, we got to get some help on the injury. You played Zach Wilson for heaven's sake. You played. I mean, Garrett Wilson might as well have been might as well have been in South Beach most of the game. I mean, Zach Wilson sure looked good the week before. I don't know. I'm just saying yeah, against the Houston freaking Texans for heaven's sake. Yeah, who are tied with your Jaguars for the lead of the AFC South, don't forget. Not funny. Uh-huh. But um, like I said, you know, I definitely think uh, the injury report is, def- is definitely going to be something I'm keeping my eye on this week. I know A-Chan, um, you know, has is, is, is been banged up as well. He obviously played last week, but uh, he's, he's dealing with a toe injury. So, you know, hopefully Miami's as 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 fully staffed as possible. You know, for this game, but um, you know, there's no excuses going in. It's it's December football. Everyone's banged up. Everyone's injured, and uh, you got to get your best, most capable, healthiest 53 players, and uh, you know, beat the other, beat the other 53, whatever nature on that list. By the way, hopefully, Dolphin fans show up because you know the Cowboy fans will. Hey, Miami's going to not sell its tickets to Cowboy fans. Otherwise, you're going to be playing a road game. Hey, I mean, did you see? Did you see that Washington Commanders game, the Dolphins Commanders game? The whole lower bowl was aqua and orange. Don't you don't have to worry about Dolphins fans showing up. Wait, that's just because Tommy Kill gave them all free tickets. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever reason it is. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be big, and um. And the starts a big three-game stretch for your Dolphins. Dallas at Baltimore, Buffalo. But if you win two of those three, you win the AMC South. I mean, East for the first time in 15 years. Yeah, win two of the three. Um, you know, you win the AFC East. Win one of the three, you're in the playoffs. So, uh, obviously, you know, I, I think the Dolphins are shooting for uh, shooting for a very confident, uh, you know, 3-0 finish in these last couple games, really going to the playoffs with the momentum. Heck, if you go three and zero, you'll be the number one seed, and the road to Vegas goes through Miami, baby. That's what we're hoping for. And uh, you ask any member of those Miami Dolphins, I'm sure you can watch on a Hard Knocks tonight at nine o'clock. 
Every single one of those players expects to win all three of those football games. Whether it happens or not, uh, jury's out. We'll have to see. But uh, they've got the talent, I'll tell you that much. What kind of an outfit would Mike McDaniel have for the Super Bowl in Vegas? I mean, it'd be the nicest shoes you've ever seen. I can promise you that much. Hoodie? Of course. Got to channel the inner Belichick if you're uh, if you're going to a Super Bowl. <laughs> which off. one? Thank you, baby. Which, uh, which one? Which Belichick or which, which Super oh, Bowl? I thought you were saying Shanahan. Sorry. No worries. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Belichick might be Belichick might be in D.C. next year. DC? Oh, wow. I think he's one of the Chargers. You know? I've got a sneaky suspicion of what the Chargers do, and it's not to get Bill Belichick. You're going to rehire Brandon Staley? Give him another shot? No. The Chargers are going big boy hunting. There's no bigger boy than, big, than Bill Belichick? Bill Belichick's time is coming gone. I agree, but. There's no bigger name in the head coaching world than Bill Belichick. And right now, offensive mind coaches are winning divisions. Let's see who's winning the AFC East. Oh, an offensive mind coach. Who's winning the NFC East? Oh, an offensive mind coach. Who's winning the NFC North? An offensive mind coach. Who's winning the NFC West? Oh, an offensive mind coach. Who's winning the... Uh, AFC West. Oh, an offensive mind coach. Hmm. Is it Andy Reid? Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, all right. You, you make a good point. I'm loving it. Hey, if we, hey, if the Dolphins end up the one seed, Jaguars end up the full, we play the Vigilant Weekend, we might as well have a podcast from Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, that's – and that's really all I'm hoping for, Dylan. You know, it's funny enough. I almost I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I almost don't even want the Dolphins to get the one seed. I I would love to 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 get that two seed. As I don't want to play Buffalo in the first round, but anyone. Yeah, because Buffalo might beat beat somebody. I don't. I if if Buffalo does make the playoffs, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a team in the AFC that would want to play Buffalo in the first round. But you give me anyone under Kansas City. You give me Jacksonville, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indy, Houston, or or Pittsburgh or Denver. You give me any one of those teams. I almost rather get the two seed and be able to play one of those teams in the first round to get that playoff win under our belt, to get that confidence moving into the second round. Obviously, the only thing you have to be concerned about is injuries. But um, you know, I, I would love to get that playoff win under our belt so you don't have to worry about it when it comes to playing the Baltimore or the Kansas City Chiefs, or you know, even the Buffalo Bills potentially in the playoffs. You know, uh, having having that playoff win, I think, would be huge for that Dolphins team. And uh, you know, it, it might not be the worst thing getting that two seed, and uh, you know, beat because you know, honestly, there's there's really not a team that 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 worries me between you know the that you know the eight and six, seven and seven squads. Other than Buffalo, I think Miami would have their way with any other uh, in that first round. All right, Alex. So thanks for hopping on. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Hopefully the Dolphins start off your holidays with a win on Sunday. And um, and be nice to see a cheetah rumbling, fumbling, and stumbling in January. Sure would. Thanks for having me, as always, Dylan. And uh, you know what it is. Fins up, baby.